Hey guys, welcome to the first edition of our Christ Chapel Parent Podcast. Uh, these podcasts, a goal is simple. It's our staff trying to engage you in real conversations to help you win at home. Uh, my name is Joel. I'm the fifth and sixth grade pastor at Christ Chapel here at our Fort Worth campus, and I am joined by Caroline Smallwood. Hey, Caroline. Hey, yeah, I'm Caroline Smallwood. I am the middle school girls director at the West Campus. So, awesome. Yeah. yeah. It's nice to have campuses together here, yeah. equipping our parents. And uh, Caroline, I don't know if this is the case for you, but I know that for me, this is actually my first time podcasting. This is my first time, too. I've never done this, never recorded a podcast. Yeah. It's pretty exciting. I know, yeah. So I'm I'm excited about doing this, and I just felt like the listeners needed to know that they're part of a, a pretty big moment right now. They are hearing for, our first, they're our, our first, first audience. Yes, this is my first time that a vo- my voice has been emitted over the podcast world. Is there, that it's what a it is? lucky a, world. A world of It's podcasts. a world. <laughs> I don't know. But anyways, uh, so today we are going to be kicking this thing off with a bit of a doozy of a topic. And then when I uh, told you that this was going to be our first one, I don't know if you were nervous, but I was a little bit nervous to tackle this one. I, I, I was pretty nervous. I think if you're going to start a podcast, you might as well go big, though. Absolutely. So, yeah. so yeah. let's go ahead and talk about sex. Sex, yes, that's what we're talking about today is sex. And, and now these episodes are, are only going to be about 30 minutes long. So obviously we can't tackle everything that has to do with sex in 30 minutes. And so today we're going to be kind of honing in on uh, just starting the conversation mm-hmm. about sex with your students, how to either bring it up for the first time or have an open dialogue. Because um, I don't know about you, Caroline, but for me growing up, uh, you know, the talking about sex was not really something that happened in my household. Um, you know, I know that a lot of people will have the talk. Um, so, I mean, in your house, what was your experience with that? Yeah, so I didn't really have the talk either. I have an older brother, and so I started asking questions pretty young. He would, you know, make jokes and say things. And so I started asking some questions, and so my parents did what any loving, nervous parents would do, and they gave me a book. A book. Yeah, I remember the book had pictures. It actually had a story with it, too. Interesting. Yeah, it was a that story. little Timmy ran inside and said, Mom, you know, Rebecca said that babies don't come from the stork. Okay. And then it just proceeded to tell you so where they you, really do you come from. you vicariously got your sex education through Timmy. Through Timmy. Experience. Little Timmy. Yeah, and little Rebecca. Yeah. Gotcha. So I read the book. I was probably like seven-ish. Read the book. It had pictures, and it taught me everything. I still remember it, so apparently it's a little effective. Left, yeah. Left, mm-hmm. Well, when you're seven, it'll leave. You, <laughs> maybe it was scarring. Maybe it was a little scarring. Um, and then... I did that, and then a couple, you know, years later, like in middle school, when it was like, okay, now she needs to really learn about puberty and everything that comes with sex, they sent me to, you know, Worth the Wait weekends, and and my school did something, Mm -hmm. and, you know, they would kind of ask me, so I know you did this at school, do you have any questions? You know, and I awkwardly would say no, even though I did. So that was kind of my sex talk. Yeah, so your parents kind of took more of the... We're going to follow up on the back end approach. Yes. Like we're going to let you read this book or go to this thing. And then if you have any questions, we'll, we'll be we'll, here. We're here. Yes. But for the most part, little Timmy and Rebecca. Little Timmy and Rebecca. I mean, it's very helpful. <laughs> yeah. Well, for me, uh, you know, I didn't even really have the back end stuff. Uh, I'm the fourth out of five kids. And in my family, from my experience at least, I can't speak for my older siblings, I never had 
the talk so to speak. Um, I didn't get any books or anything like that. And it wasn't because my, my parents were uninvolved. My parents are great. My dad was a pastor and they were really intentional in a lot of ways, but we just never talked about this topic. It just wasn't something that, that we did. I don't know if it was because I was fourth out of five and they were like, you have older siblings? They'll figure it out. Yeah, you'll figure <laughs> it out. or I, you know, I don't know, but it just kind of never happened. Um, and, and it, you know, it may not have happened for a lot of reasons, just like how your parents with you, you know, chose the route that they did for a lot of reasons. There's a lot of things that either encourage or keep parents from talking to their kids Mm -hmm. about sex, I feel like. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think I talk to parents a lot and, you know, they don't know where to start is a big one. But also I think that the main reason that parents tell me they don't have that conversation is because it feels awkward. Yeah, absolutely. It feels awkward for them. It feels awkward for their students. They don't want to bring it up. They don't want to be the one to start it, but the kid's not going to start it and ask anything. Yeah. They don't know where to start. Yeah. Well, that's where like the, the idea of like just giving them a book and sending it to their room comes in because it's like, you know, the book doesn't feel awkward. Right. Yeah. To the people in the book. It's like, you know, to just kind of do that. And yeah, it, it is awkward yep. to do that. I, a part of me is like, even when I think about eventually doing that with my own children, it's like, oh, that just feels awkward. Feels weird. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think that you brought up the great point too of it's just, where do I begin with this topic? Where do I, you know, what do I say? I don't want to say too much. I don't want to say too little. Yeah. Do they even want to talk to me mm-hmm. about this? Mm-hmm. You know, is it better, you know, I think that a lot of parents do retreats and things like that because they think, you know, my kid doesn't even want to talk to me about yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. I think that's a big one, Joel. I think it's big that they think, well, the kid doesn't want to, mm-hmm. and I don't want to scare him away. I don't want to make him do something they don't want to do something like that. And then that's, that's probably true. And you don't, you know, you don't want to make them more uncomfortable, but the kid doesn't really get to decide if you talk about it or not. Absolutely. You know, they're talking about it anyway. And so even if they don't want to and they don't feel comfortable and they tell you it's weird, you know, they don't get to decide that. They need to hear it, right? Absolutely, yeah. And I think that that kind of is going to be our goal for the rest of our time is just to talk about, hey, if you're a parent and you're wanting to engage your student in this topic, you know, how do you go about that? Where do you begin? How do you see that process through? How do you know if you're winning in this area? Yeah. So I think that that's, you know, a great just kind of way to begin of just, okay, where do I even begin? So, you know, let's say that a parent came to you and they wanted to start this conversation with their with their student and they're just like, I don't know where to begin. What what advice would you give them? That's, that's good. Um the advice I would probably start with is to be honest, to be open, and to be straightforward. Their students are probably hearing and learning more than they think, and they have a lot more questions than the parents think. And so for the parent to come to them and say, you might be wondering this, yeah. and using technical terms, yeah. and, you, and being straightforward yeah. and saying, you might have heard this or being honest and being open because they're hearing those things and they're getting that information. They're having those questions. They're just not coming to their parents. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think being honest and open is where you start. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that with that honesty and openness and and using 
candid terms and kind of making mm-hmm. sure. I think that a, a fear that a lot of parents have is is they think I don't I don't really know what what candid terms I should use, mm-hmm. right? Because the spectrum of talking about sex and the terms used to talk about sex and the you know all these different things is just so broad. You know, and so I think that, you know, when I've talked to parents about just where to begin, I've told them stuff very similar to what you've said, but I've, I've also given them the advice of, hey, you, you kind of need to find a way to get an honest assessment mm-hmm. of what you feel like your student might know. And so I kind of tell them, hey, you know, there's a couple of factors that I feel like you can kind of use to make a really honest assessment. And I always tell parents, I say, hey, these are not, I'm not saying that I think that one thing is better than the other or that if your child is on this side of the mm-hmm. spectrum that you've done a poor job. It's just, hey, here's a way to honestly assess. And I kind of point parents to, so I say, hey, if, if you were to kind of think of a scale of sexual knowledge, you know, if your student, you homeschool them, you don't have television in your home they don't have a smartphone maybe even you don't even have a smartphone maybe you're just Amish yeah (laughs) if you're Amish right then your child probably has very very little knowledge in this department if any right and so if you were to come in with a very very candid conversation you know you may be using terms that are above their head or you may you know want to give them a book about Timmy and Rebecca that they're not really ready for because they have no exposure whatsoever yeah. or the probably other end of that spectrum would be hey if, you know if your child attends a secular you know public school they have a smartphone. Their friends have smartphones. You know, they spend a lot of time unsupervised. They spend a lot of time at non with non-believers in their homes and things like that, which which is awesome. That's a whole other podcast of talking about how to get your students connected with non-believers. But you kind of have to make an honest assessment and say, okay, if my kid's more over here, then they probably know a little bit more. And I always tell parents, you know, as you assess that where your kid might be on that scale of kind of knowing nothing to knowing a lot based on kind of some of those criteria of technology they're exposed to and the crowd that they're around and things like that, uh, you know, you always kind of have to get where they are and then assume that they probably know a little bit more than you think that they do. Yes. So, but the thing about that is it still doesn't necessarily help with how do I begin this conversation? Right. Right, because I don't know that any parent wants to roll in with like, hey, I have this skill and I made an assessment and I think that you know about, you know, this and this and this. And so, you know, as far as practically beginning the conversation, um, you know, what would be some best practices that you would say? I'm just, hey, okay, I've assessed, I kind of know, I'm ready to have the candid conversation. So what should my you know opening line we debated for a long time what should the opening line of this podcast be what would the opening line of that conversation be yeah yeah i think like what you just said um is that it is so important to let your kid know no matter where they on where they are on that spectrum it's okay and starting out with that starting out with hey and they see it coming. They know it's coming. Their friends' parents have had it, or you know, they know the talk is coming. Yeah. And so they're not going to be surprised. So starting out with, hey, let's talk about things that we need to talk about that you've seen coming. Let's talk about sex. And then starting by telling them 
you know, wherever they are, that's good. That's okay. Maybe they are a little bit further ahead, and that's okay. Tell them, you know, hey, I know that, you know, I've seen on your phone or I've seen through what you watch on mm-hmm. TV or, you know, that maybe you're a little advanced for your age. And, and that's okay. That's just where we're at, mm-hmm. and that is what we're going to deal with, you yeah. know. And letting them know you can be open with me. Mm-hmm. You can be honest. We're mm-hmm. not pretending. We're not going to sit here and pretend that you've seen nothing or we're not going to pretend that you've seen everything. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not going to sit here and act like, this is going to go in a certain way. Mm-hmm. It's just going to go however it goes between you and your student. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, something that, that you said that kind of resonates with me as I think about this topic is the idea of, you know, of it being able to be open and honest because you know your student. You know, I think that a lot of times, sometimes this conversation can feel awkward for a lot of people um, because they start talking about this when they're not really accustomed to talking about other stuff with their student. And so, you know, I would say that probably a great place for a lot of us to start with this topic is to start talking about other stuff first and just to get to know your student. You know, as I think about, you know, just talking with them about it and, and knowing them, you know, I, I think that I'm reminded of you know, Psalm, Psalm 139 and how it explains just how much God knows us. No matter where we go, he knows everything about us, the ins and the outs, the, the big and the small, the mundane and the deep. And that's something that we really harp on in fifth six with our preteens is that God is all of those things. But because you're not God, right, you have to do some investigation to mm-hmm. know those things. And something that I have found that's so true, it's a principle that spans beyond just the topic of sex. And this is true, I think, for parents and for us as, as youth workers, is that they're not going to let you into the intimate until they know that you care about the mundane. Yep. And so if you want to have a really great, open, honest, hey, this is where you are, let's talk about this conversation, what's going to go a long way with making it a little less awkward, it's still going to be awkward, mm-hmm. But I think a little less awkward is if you just are accustomed to just talking in general and to just talking about other stuff. You know, hey, how's soccer practice, you know, every day and, and being involved with homework and just knowing what's going on. You know, that's a great way to to begin that conversation and to just show them, hey, like I get the credibility beyond just, hey, I'm your parent. But I have shown you that I have credibility to see these intimate parts and to talk about them because I've shown up in the more mundane things of life. Yeah, yeah. And Joel, I think something that is hard about that is that just like talking about sex, I think that some preteens don't want to talk about anything with their parents. Absolutely. Or they act like they don't want to. Yeah. And I think as a parent, the the role that you play is that you try anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that a lot of times preteens, it's not really cool anymore to yeah. talk to your parent. You know, it's not cool to open up to them. So as a parent, um, I think you give great advice. Talk about other things also. But mm-hmm. even when your your student acts like they don't want to talk about it, Absolutely. pursue that. Yeah. Pursue them. Pursue the conversation mm-hmm. and try to have those conversations, even when they're acting kind of averse to yeah. it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I think that, you know off of that kind of springboarding off of that, that this conversation is not a one and done thing. Right. You know, it is an ongoing conversation. And so there will be, you know, times or probably every time because it is an awkward subject where your student 
probably doesn't want to have this talk. And so you have to press in and keep it ongoing and kind of build that trust as you talk more and more about it. You know, because I would say that for me, and, and this is probably your experience too, that if my parents had had the talk with me, you know, that I would uh, – it would not have served me well to just said, okay, let's have the talk. Let's explain the basic anatomy. Check the box. We're done. done. We're never going to talk about this again. But if they had had more of an approach of, okay, we're going we're gonna to talk about this, and then we're going to bring it up a little bit more. And then maybe as we notice things about you that are going on, you know, we're going to talk about this a little bit more and kind of keep, keep bringing it up. Um, and so you know, I think, though, that for a parent, it's hard to know, okay, when are those times where I keep bringing it up? You know, it's like, do is are you suggesting like, hey, you know, we're gonna have sex talk Mondays. Every <laughs> Monday we're gonna talk about sex, or is it, you know, as I see things happen, or do I only address this when I notice something sketchy on my kid's phone, yeah. or when they've messed up, or you know, just kind of what if there's a rhythm to it? What kind yeah. of rhythm do you, do you see that would be helpful? Yeah, that's a great question. So something that. I always say is that it should be a little bit like math class. They don't take one math class when they're in the sixth grade and then check it off and they never take math again, right? They take math every semester, every year, because it builds on each other. Mm. And they get smarter and they get deeper yeah. and they get more mature in their math skills. Mm. And I think that talking about sex should be like that. It should yeah. be an ongoing conversation because they are growing. They're yeah. maturing. They're Absolutely. changing. And we shouldn't just talk about it once, like you said, and then leave it. Yeah. It should be more like everything else in life. Mm -hmm. Sports. You build on it. Yeah. You play. You practice every week. You don't just learn how to hit a baseball and then you're done. You play it and you practice it. And I think it should be like that. So I think it should be some sort of rhythm. Mm -hmm. um, something you said, you know, do I just talk about it when, when something goes wrong? Mm. And I think that's a temptation yeah. because that's an easy springboard. Oh, Absolutely. this happened. It yeah. was wrong. It was bad. And so now we're going to talk about yeah. it. And I think a lot of parents make the mistake of not having that grounding of trust, yes. whether it's through talking about the mundane and just being involved or, you know, a regular rhythm. And they're really reactionary. And then that can cause you know, a kid to kind of lash out of, hey, why do you, why now yeah. do you care about this all, all, all of a sudden? Is it just because I messed up? You only care if I'm a failure in this department? And yeah, yeah that's a great point. Yeah, yeah. And it, I think it also can make sex seem bad. Hmm. You know, we only talk about sex at home when I'm in trouble yeah. or when I do something wrong, yeah. you know, instead of let's just, it's, it's a good thing inside the confines of marriage, of course. And so let's talk about it on a regular basis, absolutely. not just when things are bad yeah. or when, you know, when negative things happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, I think on that same topic, I think a, a side, a sort of a side note to that is, you know, I think that where the idea of being really proactive really, really comes uh, in really in, in a critical way is when it comes to pornography. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think that a lot of times that that's something that we don't want to talk about, that we want to kind of sweep under, under the rug, right? We don't want to be super proactive about that conversation for a, a lot of reasons. I think that I, something I hear really commonly is parents are scared that if they tell their kids about pornography before their kid knows what pornography is, it's like, oh, am I the one now who has yeah. exposed that? Mm -hmm. But I think that when you are proactive, when it's regular, when you've built that base of trust, 
right? You can engage in that conversation, not just about the physical act of sex, but also the world of pornography. And I think that the, the thing about pornography and, and what what the you know one of the biggest issues with it is it just exposes students, guys and girls. It's not just a guy problem, guys and girls, to sexual acts that are just. You, just so far away yeah. from any kind of normative experience. And, and for time, for a lot of kids, it are disturbing. And then paint this picture for them that's wrong. And you know, I think that as you have an ongoing conversation, I think that if you have that layer of trust, you know, maybe a good habit to get in with your students is asking them the question of just, hey, I love you, I care about you. Have you seen anything lately that just kind of bothered you? Or just kind of brought up questions for you, or you know, and and that's awkward. And asking a question like that takes a ton of trust. Mm-hmm. But I just know that that in my experience of working with young men, when there's a suspicion there about that, and I ask that question, they just they kind of crumple underneath the pressure of it because they have seen something that 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 they are told they're supposed to enjoy that maybe is a little bit disturbing and a little bit scary and a little bit uncomfortable. And I think that that question also on the same side is especially important if you have daughters. Yeah. If you had a, a, a boy say something to mm-hmm. you recently that just bothered you or that you just don't understand, why would they say that? Yeah. You know, but once again, trust is the, is the underlying, you know, you got to build that foundation of trust yeah. to be able to make big statements yeah, like that. Yeah, completely. And I love that question. Just have you seen anything lately or heard anything lately that made you uncomfortable? Because something that has surprised me, I think this is good for parents to know, is that I've talked to, um, you know, preteens or teenage girls about pornography. And, you know, they'll ask about it or it'll be in our sermon, you know, and so it mm-hmm. comes up. And when I kind of explain what it is, Joel, it's been really interesting to see that a lot of my students have seen it mm. and didn't know what it was. Mm. And so they've heard this phrase, yeah. pornography, or, you know, wow. and they and they know it's wrong, yeah. but they don't know that what they have seen is pornography. Yeah. And so when I bring that up, and so I think it's important for parents to know that because they probably know more or have yeah. seen more than we think. Yeah. They just don't know that they yeah. have. Yeah, and that's such just a great practical example of why it's so important, again, just to be proactive because you have students that are exposed to things that don't have the vernacular and the language yeah. to articulate. And these are teenagers yeah. that are saying, oh, I didn't really even understand that that's what that was. So I've seen something that I don't have the verbiage, you know, the wordage right. to even really explain what I saw. Yeah, yeah. And if you ask that question of, hey, have you seen anything that's been, then that kind of opens the door to say, okay, let's talk about what this is. And absolutely. Uh, so, on the kind of that note of, you know, pornography and kind of reacting on the back end, like we talked about, and things like that, you know, I think that a burning question that a lot of parents have is they maybe begin to engage in this conversation. And maybe if they're a little nervous that their child, knows more or has maybe done more or mm-hmm. seen more than they would like, you know, I think that the burning question they have is, what do I do if my child has already messed up 
or when they mess up. I'm trying to be proactive, but they do mess up. You know, I don't just want to be reactionary. You know, what do, what do I do? And you actually, uh, the other day when we were kind of doing some prep for this, shared a story with me that um, that I love. I went home, I told my wife about it, because yeah. I was like, wow, that is such a great example of a parent handling a child's mistake in this area really, really well. Well, it was actually not their own child's mistake, but yeah. the way they coached another parent. Yeah. You wouldn't mind sharing that story. I think that would be awesome. Yeah, for yeah, for sure. I'm always looking to other parents for how do they deal with it, you know, and what is good and what is what doesn't go so well. And, you know, in the future, I'd love to use that for my own kids. This went well, that didn't. And, and the other day I did, I got to see one of my friends handle something really well and kind of teach another parent how to do it well. And so what had happened is that um, there are these two high school boys, um, Josh and Ben, and, and Josh had been dating a girl for a long time, and um, for, you know for two years, and and kind of was done with the relationship, but hadn't yeah. broken up with her, and which and in high so, school is like an eternity, uh, forever. Yeah, I mean, they're years. basically married. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so they've been dating for eternity, and um, and and Josh ended up cheating on his girlfriend mm. with another girl, and word kind of got out, and and Josh was a great just church-going kid. Yeah, Loved yeah. the Lord. He was a leader at, at church. And um, and he was in high school, so he was a little older. But um, so so his dad, Josh's dad, was pretty hard on him and, and just kind of went to him and, and was kind of beating him down, you mm-hmm. know, which, I mean, granted, I probably would have done the same thing. Absolutely, You yeah. know, he wants his son to act right. Yeah, yeah. So well, that's yeah. my mentality. I have, I have two children. I have a daughter and a son. They're both really young right now. But when I think about this topic with my daughter, I think about how can I shelter you? And with my son, yeah. I think about how do I make it so that you don't cause a wake of, of damage, exactly. right? And so as hearing you say this, even in my own mind, I'm, I'm like, yeah, I would, I would be yes. able to beat down on Henry if I found out he yes. did that yeah, too. Yeah, especially because it's a boy. I yeah. think you're right. I mean, I think it's just easier to yeah. kind of beat down boys about yeah. it. So that's what Josh's dad did. He just kind of, you know, said, Josh, this reputation you've built for 17 years, mm-hmm. it just all, you know, went away with this one act. Yeah. And you have given our family a bad name and you, which mm-hmm. all these things are semi-true, yeah. you know? I mean, he did make a bad mistake and people know now and all this. Well, well, Josh's dad has a friend that came over to him and I love how she handled it. She said, Steve, Look over there at your son, and Josh was at church, and he was crying. I mean, he was upset. He's yeah. a good kid. He had, a, you know, his heart was broken about it. And she just told him, Steve, you have to forgive him. He's already beating himself up. Mm. He already knows what he did wrong. What he needs is for you to come in and teach him about Jesus and to teach him that, no, absolutely, you did not just ruin your whole reputation. Yeah. You made one mistake. Yeah. One mistake that you don't want to do again, and you have to pay the consequences for, but you are forgiven, and you are new, and we're going to move on, and yeah. we're not going to do that again. You have to forgive him and show him that that doesn't define him. Mm. I love that. I think sometimes yeah. when, when students do something we think, and they think, and their friends think, that's who I am now. Yeah. And then they just live into that. Yeah. You know, and yeah. um, and so I think after that, Josh's dad got to talk with him and build him up. Yeah. Josh already was heartbroken. He already didn't want to do that again. Um, and now he's being built up and yeah. taught about forgiveness and about how Jesus would handle Josh and his actions. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. That's so good. And, and there's so many aspects to that story that I love of just the the idea of that he knew that he had done wrong. 
you know, I think that, that with our, our kids, it's important to remember that when they mess up in this area, that they are aware. They know. You know, and, and you can see it when you ask them about it. And the whole idea that the whole, you know, topic is awkward because there's – when this is not done in the right way that God created it, there's just so much shame mm-hmm. attached to it. And so you as a parent, your role is not to heap more shame yeah. on the shame. You know, I also love, you know, you saying that that – the showing of love to them doesn't mean that they escape the consequences. Yeah. You know, those consequences are still there. And, and that's something that as you talk with your students, you know, you have to say, hey, you know, there's there's a reason that we have strict guidelines and God gives strict guidelines in this area because the consequences are severe. But those consequences are severe enough without you having to be the one that necessarily brains down the hammer. Now, you as their parent have to gauge appropriate punishments and things like that. Um, you know, and, and there may be times where you know groundings and suspensions from things are, are in order, right? But you can do that and have those consequences without heaping on the shame. Yeah. And that it really is a chance to show... Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think I think it's easier not to heap on the shame when you know that your kid is not the only one. Absolutely. You know, you this is not a if they mess up physically or they have seen too much or anything like that, I don't think that's an outlier. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably more common mm-hmm. than than if they hadn't done that or mm-hmm. hadn't seen those things or so I think it's so important for know the parents to know that you're not alone. Yeah. You're not the only one. Your kid isn't the mess up at school. Yeah. You know, he or she isn't the one that everyone's going to know, you know, did something bad. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all in that same boat, and they're all struggling. Yeah. Um, and parents are to be there for their students and there for each other, too. Yeah, yeah. And for, as a parent, you know, it's I think that it's encouraging to remember that this doesn't, def- if your child messes up here, this does not define them. But yeah. I think also in what you're saying, there's that, that word of warning in it too, of that you need to be proactive because this is so prevalent. And you as a parent, you want to do everything to try to prevent that. But sometimes you just can't. And sometimes you have to be willing to handle it with grace, to have built up that trust, and to uh, you know, to be willing to say, I understand that there's enough shame already attached to this. Yeah. And you're wallowing in that right now. And, and my role, I'm not going to heap more onto you, yeah. but I'm going to love you through this. Mm, that's yeah. good stuff. Yeah. So we uh, just spent a few minutes talking about the not fun, really, or super encouraging side of when your True. child messes up. And so I would like for us to uh, wrap up um, with just thinking about what's one way you know that that we can encourage, or maybe there's a couple that we can encourage our parents in this area because I know for me um, having two kiddos that are little and just thinking through this I've been kind of bogged down by it a little yeah. bit of man this is so daunting as a parent and uh, man there's just it's it feels so awkward and it's so daunting and I know that as I was thinking through that I, I drew some encouragement from uh, from this as I thought about it in this area of just I've been reading about some of the different names of God yeah. going through this book and, and one of the names that I came across uh, for God is Jehovah El Amet which means that uh, the Lord God of truth hmm. and I just was thinking about man there are so many lies that are out there about yeah. this topic there are so many lies 
Um, and really, the only source of truth about this topic of sex comes from the Lord and from his word and his command. And that when sex happens within the truth that God created for it, just how good of a gift it is mm-hmm. and how amazing it is. And, and just, you know, it kind of put a little bit of fuel in my fire of, man, I get to help them, right? I get to help them find the truth in this. And that God created this in such a beautiful way. And when it's lived in that truth, and when we can fight against the lies that are being thrown at our students, um, you know, and at our kids, that that it just, you know, that's the best. That just brought encouragement to yeah. me of just, man, all right, like there is truth in this. And it's good and it's worth fighting for. And that our God is a God of truth and he has designed a truth for this area. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I love that. I love that you use the word help. You know, I can help them find this truth. Mm-hmm. And I think that is the encouragement that I take from talking about this and talking to students and parents is that we are God's helpers and we are these students' helpers. As a parent, you are your kid's helper, mm. but you're never your kid's God and that is a relief. Yeah. The relief is that whether you do this right or wrong, if you are trying and you are submitting it to the Lord and you're helping him speak truth to your student, He's going to come through as faithful. Hmm. He's going to be the one, like you said, he is the truth. He's going to be the one that interprets for your child and helps and guards and protects your child. And you are just the helper. And so we get to come and to serve and to go out on a limb and do the awkward thing in, in the name of helping the Lord, in the name of raising up these kids and the ways that they should go. I always tell parents, It's not, when you're done, if you had this amazing conversation about sex and it was so great and it it was easier than you thought and and all these great things, it's still not going to feel good. Yeah. You're not going to walk away thinking, that was so great. You're not going to feel encouraged. Yeah, yes. You're not going (laughs) to walk away feeling encouraged about your parenting or because it is going to feel awkward, but you can walk away feeling assured that mm-hmm. you were obedient to the Lord Absolutely. and that you helped him and you helped your child. So yeah. it's not going to feel good. It's not going to feel like a pat on the back, yeah. um, but it should feel like you've been faithful. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you for listening in to this first episode of our Christ Chapel Parent Podcast. We have talked about sex. Uh, hopefully uh, this real conversation will help you when at home as you begin to build trust and have the ongoing conversation with your student about what it looks like to live out God's truth for sex in a world that wants to tell them a lot of lies about it. If you have any ongoing questions about this topic, our staff would love to talk to you about it. Feel free to reach out to any of us. We'll buy you a cup of coffee or take you out to get some tacos and and we'll continue this conversation to help you win with your student as you help guide them towards a life where their relationship with Jesus is the dominating factor.